0: I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This
1: is a joke.
2: Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. I'm joined with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at TDavenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at BHoward underscore 81 make sure to subscribe to the football game plan podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. That's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at football slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the football game plan network on YouTube located at youtube.com slash football game plan. And if you're not familiar with what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms and freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. But It's going to be the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. We're kicking off our NFL team previews in the Cypher. And in this episode, we'll take a look at the New York Giants and some of the biggest questions heading into the season. And I'll let Brandon kick this off with his opening question. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my question is, uh, how much better
3: can Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, Brandon Marshall make this Giants offense?
4: That's a great question. The Giants are not designed to really be a run-based offense, so having two high-caliber receivers is big time, especially near the red zone. I think that the two of these guys actually were number one and number three in red zone targets last year in the NFL, so that's going to be big for a team that doesn't really run the ball that well, especially after losing Rashad Jennings uh, after last season.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at what they bring to the table, it's going to open up more opportunities for Beckham in in the offense, one on one offense. And I mean, quiet is kept when you look at how they added Sterling Shepard last year and they have Evan Ingram this year, um, they want to operate with a three wide receiver tight end uh, type, all, one tight end type offense, and only run single back. And I'm so glad I'm starting to see them now get away from using the fullback because they didn't have a fullback that was a threat as a receiver so it really slowed down their offense going back to when Tom Coughlin was there but when you look at Brandon Marshall that's a legit number one receiver Beckham is number one Shepard should also see a lot of one-on-one coverage as well so they're going to spread the field and make you play that one-on-one game that matchup game and they have the guys now I think to win those individual matchups and be successful.
1: I think the, the the biggest plus that you see with the addition of Brandon Marshall is that both Marshall, and um, Beckham can really, really help Eli Manning, or um, excuse me, they could bail Eli Manning out a lot of times when he makes those erratic throws. Um, as we know, that you, you've got two different types of Eli Manning. You've got good Eli and bad Eli, and, and um, Odell Beckham and, and, and now adding Brandon Marshall can help to offset a little of that bad Eli when it seems as if his, his accuracy isn't quite on Adding a talent like Brandon Marshall to go with a talent like Beckham can only help your quarterback get that much better.
5: Yeah, and I agree with you, Emery, just as far as in adding Brandon Marshall that gives you a guy that is going to be able to dominate those one-on-one matchups. You look at when they played the Eagles the second go-round. Malcolm Jenkins went to Jim Schwartz and and asked him to – play that box and one coverage, you know, and pretty much everything was focused on Adele Beckham Jr. And even though Sterling Shepard is a really solid receiver, he wasn't able to step up and beat the, the, bone skinny coverage that, that he was going against. So bringing in a guy like Brandon Marshall that could could be a dominant receiver still is definitely a good thing. And then the catch raise obviously is going to help Eli Manning. And I think you make a good point about adding Evan Ingram. I was talking about that earlier on a different show and just bringing him in and, and getting a tight end that could do the things that he could do, run routes. I mean, we talked about him extensively at the senior bowl, you know. So there are so many Options for this team, but uh, obviously it's gonna start with with Beckham jr. And and Brandon Marshall in the passing game
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you all um, You know it it becomes a matter of pick your poison um, It just it always has bothered me uh, to watch a lot of teams how you've got one number one receiver and you don't do anything to compliment that guy and um, you know you've got Odell Beckham jr. Uh, you prolong a guy's career when you are when you give him a talent like Brandon Marshall um, that can line up on the other side of him and, and also you know beat anybody one on one. So these are two number one receivers that are pairing up with one another, and that should you know definitely bode well for them uh, in their division.
5: But let me say this before we move on, and, and this is something that I'm curious about because now you have another alpha guy a, a, as far as the receiving core is concerned, another guy who considers himself a number one. I know from talking to uh, Michael Clayton about L- when they were at LSU, you know, he, he, told, he told me about Odell Beckham Jr. as well as Jarvis Landry, and he said there were times where Beckham seemed to be bothered that Jarvis Landry was having a better game than him. And I just want to see how that whole dynamic works out because, you know, both of these guys are, are – uh, how can I put this right? Both of these guys are emotional, you know. <laughs> so I, I want to see how that whole thing works out with these two. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Let's, well, hope, it's, let's
1: hope it's motivation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry TJ, yeah. to cut you off. But let's hope it's motivation for them. Let's hope that it's an opportunity for Odell to know, okay, maybe I'm not going to get 20 targets today so i've got to make the most of my 10 to 15 targets um that i may receive and and that might be um something that makes him more efficient makes him better on on the back end
4: and that leads into my question actually um with the addition of guys like brandon marshall evan ingram into this offense and even on the some additions should the giants be the nfc
2: east favorite I mean, they are in the discussion. I mean, you look at last year, you had Dallas and, and the Giants, both double-digit victories, both in the playoffs. I think the one thing that, that, worry, that still worries me about this Giant football team is not the offensive line. The defense will be good. Obviously, their secondary, I thought, was excellent last year. I, I called that in the preseason. And I think it's going to be even better because they get Darren Thompson back as well. So they're going to be really good back there in the secondary. The biggest question I still have about this team is a running game, and you have a dynamic running back, that's going to make the offensive line look a lot better, which is why I thought they probably should have gone maybe Delvin Cook or try to find a way to get Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, one of those guys like that. Because right now they have a solid running back in Perkins, but I think he's limited. And when you look at this team, if they want to go straight 65-35 pass-to-run ratio, they're going to end up just like the Green Bay Packers. And you saw Green Bay in the draft get better at the running back position with – a guy like Jamal Williams and also uh, Aaron Aaron Jones from, from yeah. UTEP. So the Giants, I still think, should be considered one of the favorites in the NFC East. I think it really probably is a, a two-team race, two-and-a-half-team race, depending on what Philly does offensively um, and what the, the Redskins do offensively. Uh, but I think the Giants are right there in the mix with Dallas for the top of the division.
1: I, I agree. I actually think that the Giants should be the favorite. I'm um, going into this year. I know that a lot of people are on that Cowboys bandwagon, but I, I, I think that their defense probably played a little bit above their head last year. Um, And with that still had trouble with the giants. Um, I, I see, I see this being a situation where um, the passing game helps the running game. And unlike, unlike the Packers, the giants actually had a dedication to running the ball last year, even when it wasn't going well, they, they did actually be, um, continue to make the attempts. And you saw Perkins start to eat a little bit more in the end of the year. I think that the problem was is that they didn't have enough. They, to me, they, they lacked another receiving option um, that could consistently bail out, bail out an offense when they were double teaming Odell Beckham. I think they solved that. That, that allows them to open up the passing game more. Um, and it makes it almost impossible for teams to put eight in the box. Um, you have to put seven in the box and, and make sure that you're covering those those wide receivers with the other four. And I think that, that'll open up running lanes for the running back um, to have a little bit more success. And so with that, with that improvement of the passing game, which I think will improve the running game, defense that will be even better because I think JPP is going to be back to a similar JPP. It's not like his legs got blown off. You know what I'm saying? He lost a couple fingers. He'll be back. So, um, you know, to me, I look at that and I go, it's only a matter of time. I think this might be one of those years that the Giants make that deep run like they just seem to come out of nowhere and do every few years.
5: Yeah. And, you know, when I look at the Giants, I focus more on the defensive side of things. And and this was a defensive, one of the best in the league. And then you look at some of the moves that they made uh, in the draft. You know, obviously, uh, Jadar Johnson is a guy I know that that we covered down at uh, Shrine Week and. You know, he showed what he could do throughout his career at, at Clemson as far as being a rangey guy. So that's an interesting addition. Avery Moss coming in, and we'll see if he'll be able to be that rotational guy with Olivier Vernon and, and JPP, as you mentioned, Gene. But then you also look at just, uh, you know, the return of, of Darian Thompson. I think that's really going to help that, that secondary, and it's going to be interesting seeing how he and, and Landon Collins are going to be able to play off of each other Obviously, uh, Landon Collins—he's coming off of a year in which you know he was up for the the Defensive Player of the Year candidacy. So I, I think it's going to be uh, a, a good thing for that defense, and they're going to win uh, a lot of games. You, you know, uh, looking at how they could score those points like that, you know, I could see them winning a lot of games just with the with the defense as well as that that passing game. So. Um, they're just going to have to figure out a way to put games uh, away, you know, late in, in the game, as far as that, that four-minute offense running the football effectively. So we'll see how Wayne Gallman could come in and help them, also.
3: Yeah, I, I find it very difficult to disagree with you all. Um, you know, I think they absolutely should be the favorite. Um, you know, Dallas had the great year uh, last year, but you know, they they seem to have you know Dallas' number. You know, last year. So uh, I really think that, um, you know, with the additions that they've made on the offense, they're going to put up points. Uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to stop them. Their Achilles Hill is obviously going to be that run game. Uh, you know, they don't have anybody that, you know, can, can really just take yards when you need it to close out a game. Uh, like you said, TD, you know, they're going to have to see what Wayne Gallman can do. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, rough running back. And I, I, like the, I like the way that he's able to run it between the tackles. He has a lot of heart. He showed a lot of heart and determination, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, I am a fan of the kid, so we'll see what happens with him. Um, but, and I, I also like Olivier Vernon. Uh, I like what he's able to do getting after the passer. And, um, you know, he, he puts a lot of pressures. He's got to turn those pressures into sacks this year. And I was able to actually uh, talk to his agent a little bit about that. Um, so we'll, we'll see uh, what he has uh, this year in a second year with the Giants. But uh, I think that big things are coming for uh, Olivier and uh, teaming him up with uh, JPP. I think that defense can make a lot of noise this year.
4: Well, definitely. And the reason I posed the question is because I strongly feel that they are the favorite. I looked at the production last year and while Dallas had more wins, clearly, I, I looked at the fact that the Giants just seemed to be more complete. They had the defense that could get things done. Uh, one of the things that was missing was it was a one-trick pony offense. That's Mm -hmm. no longer the case with the addition of a Brandon Marshall and Evan Ingram. And even though Paul Perkins is not to the level of a Dalvin Cook like they could have brought in, I think that they have adequate runners in this run game since it's not really a focal point. They have a guy who's going to run hard Wayne Gallman. He's going to run through whoever is in front of him as hard (laughs) as he can even if he doesn't run through him. Uh, Perkins can catch the ball in the backfield a little bit, and he's a solid running back. But that Brandon Marshall addition really gives this offense the versatility to be able to do virtually whatever it wants to. And much like the Saints on defense, they don't need to be great. They just need to be good enough. This running game doesn't need to be great. It just needs to be good enough to get them through the regular season. And we've seen that Eli can make deep runs in the playoffs. It's, it's not a lucky thing. It's, it's what he does.
2: And two things to keep an eye on with this team. They brought in red Ellison from the Vikings, who is a very good receiver and fullback. So they're going to utilize him as an H-back, as that quote-unquote blocking back, but he's another receiving option. And keep an eye on uh, Khalid Abdul out of James Madison, the running back. I think he has a chance to really see some time in this offense. And, you know, they're, they're, their team looks good. I mean, they also brought in Delvin uh, Tomlinson in the draft, and I think he's going to step in and probably – start right next to Damon Harrison so they look good on paper they played well and their special teams were excellent last year I think that's how they ultimately beat the Saints uh last year with their they had a block field goal I believe for a touchdown so um they got some talent they they're strong in all three I'm a big fan of Tom Quinn the special teams coach so I think they'll be fine this year and it, it's rare that we talk about a backup quarterback and and I pose this question because I'm interested interested to see you guys' or hear you guys' take on it. You know, they brought in Geno Smith via free agency. Now they already have Josh Johnston on the roster. They brought in Geno Smith and they drafted Davis Webb in the third round out of Cal. Do you guys think Geno Smith is the backup or the heir apparent, or backup and or the heir apparent to Eli Manning?
1: I think that's a, I think that's a great question. I think it really all depends on. I would say it depends on Geno Smith, but I don't I don't believe that to be so. I think it really depends on the Giants brass. Are they willing to develop Geno you know, the way that you would a a backup that you believe can be the starter coming in? You know, in the next in the next couple of years, will he get some mop up duty? Um, will he get extensive uh, playing time during the preseason, or will they try to feed Davis Webb a lot of snaps? you know, and, and maybe see what he does. We already know that Josh Johnson, you know, we know what he does. We know what he brings to the table. He's a guy that could be a, a solid spot guy, Um, comes in. He can maybe clog a hole, you know, for a week, maybe two. Um, But nobody, especially at this point in his career, nobody's looking at him as an heir apparent. Um, but Gino's still young. He still has a lot of talent that hasn't been mined yet and so it really depends on if that brass is willing to give him an opportunity um that quite frankly the jets weren't weren't ready to do.
5: Yeah, I think it really is going to depend uh, looking at uh, here, here's how I look at this, right? Should he be the, the the quarterback of the future? Yes. But and that's just looking at it from just being objective, but looking at it from the eyes that, that they look at it, it's I don't think that he's going to be the quarterback of the future because it's unfortunate that you know, a lot of these guys that get brought in uh, that are drafted as opposed to brought in as a free agent, they don't always get the get the they get a more a better shot than a guy that's brought in a, as a free agent. But then in addition to that, you know, we we know what it is. Uh, There's certain quarterbacks that have to look a certain way in order for them to get that shot. So should he get the shot? Yes. Will he? I don't think so.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and echo the, the sentiments of, of you all as well. And uh, I'm just going to add that, you know, opportunities are seldom ever perfect. You know, they're not perfect and you have to capitalize on every opportunity that you get. And sadly, that is the case for a guy like Geno Smith. Um, you know, every single opportunity he gets, he's going to have to make the absolute most of it or you're going to see other guys get that chance. And it's not going to be fair it's not going to seem fair, but unfortunately, you know, sports is not the meritocracy that everyone thinks that it is, especially at the quarterback position. So, um, you know, what it comes down to, we'll just have to see um, if he does get that chance, but I just don't think that he's going to given his history uh, and, and the things that have already taken place. I just feel like he's not going to get that opportunity to be that guy uh, for the New York giants, but you know, should he be based off of talent alone? Absolutely. He's got the talent. Uh, He just hasn't had an opportunity to really show it and to prove it. Uh, But I hope that this preseason he opens some eyes and, you know, then after that, anything could happen. And I'm
4: going to put this like this. He definitely has the opportunity, in my opinion. There's a reason that they signed him. Uh, Familiarity with the surroundings. But I'll put some of this on Gino in the the following perspective. He needs to get his David Garrard on. What I mean by that is after – the little foolishness that he did, knowing that the microscope was on him, being that he is a black quarterback, he needs to ingratiate himself into that locker room as just the guy who wants to help out and do these little things. And if he does that, he can start to win over the locker room because he's clearly not competing for the starting job at this point. They start to root for you. And the players in the locker room do go a long way in convincing organizations of things to do. And let's go ahead and be honest, and I'm going to say this without trying to be mean, We know what Davis Webb is, and he's not going to be the guy in New York, period. (laughs) Just get that out of the way. So Gino does have the opportunity to earn that job moving forward if he ingratiates himself in the locker room because I think he has a talent, and and quiet is kept. They don't play exactly alike, but I think parts of Gino's games that are positive, Eli Manning also has the same type of thing. So if he's able to just get with Eli, become that guy that people – really like to be around, I think that he can be the quarterback of the future in New York.
2: Well, that's the first of all, Eli from New Orleans. So, I mean, that's already, it's, you know, you can't really live up to that unless you're from them. But when you look at Geno and and look at where he came from with the Jets and then look at what he probably will be playing with in the preseason. So he's not going to play with Beckham, Marshall, and Sterling Shepard at all, right? So you're looking at maybe Roger Lewis, um Tavares King, Tavares King. Uh, Wayne Gallman, Will Tide, Jarrell Adams. So he's gonna have some decent options. But if he, was, let's say, if he was to step in as a starter for whatever it may be, right? Let's say they want to sit Eli for a game and start Geno Smith. This would be the best set of weapons he's worked with since West Virginia. So you know that will be something to see. We never saw Geno Smith work with talented weapons. We did when he was in college and he put up crazy video game numbers. So we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting um davis webb i just didn't understand why they drafted him when they just signed geno smith josh johnson is a guy that that is solid more than capable of being that number two guy so i think davis webb really has to show something otherwise he may be the odd man out because they may they may cut josh johnson and kind of keep him around you know that on again off again practice not practice squad but got just sign up that weekend and you know um keep davis webb on the roster because somebody will probably pick him up if they cut him and put him on a practice squad so we'll see i i'm rooting for the dude here, a good dude and he also is a really good player that just didn't really have a really good opportunity
1: i agree and speaking of quarterbacks um my question goes back to the starter is which which eli man is going to show up this year we like i said earlier we know that there tends to be good eli and bad eli but probably the best set of weapons he's had in some time so which Eli Manning do you do you believe is going to show up today?
5: I think the Eli Manning that's going to show up is the one that you know is capable of leading them to a Super Bowl win. You look at just the weapons that he has around him, and the guy has always liked to have a tight end. You know that's someone that he likes to go to, whether it be you know David Boss in the past, or not Boss, but uh, uh, yeah, David David Boss was it? I, the the white tight end. I forget his name. Um. Yeah, but boss. Jeremy, Jeremy boss. Shockey? was well, yeah, even was before boss. before him was shocking. But yeah, it's so boss. Yeah. So he it, long story short, he likes to go to the tight end. You look at what they what they did. We talked about the weapons they've added. So it's definitely there for him to have a productive year. And uh, again, these are guys that could bail him out. So I think the Eli that will show up is the one that, you know, uh, can can do some things in the in the playoffs, Um. you know,
3: it, Eli is one of those guys that just likes to he's, – he's not afraid to, to take a risk. And I'm not even talking about calculated risk. He will just – you know, if he needs to make a play, he's just going to throw the ball up there and, and let a guy <laughs> make a play. He's going to trust his receivers, man. And uh, he has the type of receiving corps this year that can make those plays for him. So um, I think that these guys, even though Eli might be wrong, these are the type of receivers that can make him right. And um, I think that this is going to be a a pretty good year for Eli Manning. This is going to be a bounce-back year for him, much like we saw from uh, Matt Ryan last year. Uh, I think that uh, Matt Ryan, you know, he had the talent around him, and the the guy, you know, played his behind off. Kudos to him. And I think that um, this is going to be a a year that Eli Eli Manning kind of has a a similar season.
4: Uh, Yeah, I think we're going to see more good Eli this year. And I think what they're going to try to do is instead of – trying to stretch the field and throw a lot of deep passes, which it seems like the Giants offense did a little too often. Uh, Just get the ball into the receiver's hands. I think they're going to try to take Eli away from making some of those decisions. Uh, So I think he'll have a good statistical year. And we've seen it. All he needs to do is get to the postseason. And for some reason, I have no clue as to why, but he just becomes that guy. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, well, Eli, is funny, man. You talk about a dude that has led the league in interceptions three times, three different times in his career. We know he's going to throw picks, right? Yolo. Um, you're right. He's going he's to throw a lot of picks. I'm talking at least 16. So <laughs> with that baseline, the, the Giants still find ways to win games. So I think we're going to see more of the same. I mean, this is who he is. He's a guy that's going to throw two touchdowns a game, throw a pick a game, and it's, it's not going to come in the most crucial spot. That's the one thing about his interceptions. They're not game-debilitating interceptions sometimes. For the most part, like they're Kirk not. Yeah, Right, like Kirk Cousins would miss the pick six, you know, So, um, or, or Shaw. But I think Eli is going to be more of the same. And when he has weapons, I think he plays his best ball. I think from judging him from minicamp, he looks to be in great shape. And they're trying to get him out on the move a little bit more because, He's going to be in great shape, and they also have to, you know, get him out on the move because that offensive line may not be what, it, what he expects it to be, um, and they want to keep him upright for a full season, although he's a healthy uh, individual. So I think we're going to see more of the same from, from number 10.
1: Yeah, that's I, I think that it's it's a matter of Jekyll and Eli. I mean, <laughs> Jekyll, and Eli, Jekyll and Eli, and that's what you're going to get on a regular basis. I think that the, the funny part is adding weapons may actually make him – take more chances than he normally would take um you know I, I all, all kidding aside I think the addition of Ingram um as a guy from the tight end H-back position will be a, a tremendous help to him because Ter- Teron is right um he, he he does he does excel when he has a guy to dump the ball off and the difference that Ingram brings that a lot of the other tight ends that he had in the past didn't bring thing to the house. And so I look for some times where, you know, they're, they're, they're chasing Beckham down the field and, and, and they're chasing Brandon Marshall and all of a sudden he drops it off to Ingram and Ingram busts off a 48-yard run, I mean, you know, run after the catch. And, and those things are going to obviously be great for the offense, but it's going to make Eli Manning look really, really good until he throws that pick that you don't want him to throw at that time that you don't necessarily want him to throw it. Um, but I agree with Chris that when he gets to the nobody that, that turns it on like Eli Manning. Eli Manning's got a switch I've never seen on a, on a human being in my entire life. I don't know how he becomes that good in the playoffs. <laughs> but, boy, that dude is like – he's like Aaron Rodgers good in the playoffs. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers regular season good in the playoffs. <laughs> Um, but would I digress. Well, I mean, we
5: pretty much touched on the offense a lot. But, you know, at the same time, I wanted to look at the defense. And I, I remember last year in that first game between the Eagles and Giants, you know, Janoris Jenkins pretty much put his hand in Doriel Green's Beckham's chest and, and took his heart out. So I want to ask you guys, is Janoris Jenkins and DRC, are they a top three cornerback duo in this, in this league?
3: I believe so. Actually, I'm going to up to Annie a little bit. I believe they're top two. Um, you know, I believe, you know, after, after uh, the the Broncos tandem that they have up there, um, I believe uh, it doesn't get any better than Janoris uh, Jenkins and uh, and DRC. Uh, these are guys that can really, you know, turn and run with anybody. They're physical. Um, and, you know, DRC, you know, as far as in the run game is not going to come down and tackle too much of anybody, but, uh, just as far as just pure coverage ability, I think it doesn't get too much better than than these two guys. You know, it's
4: interesting. So we know the gold standard is Chris Harris Jr. and a key to lead. Uh, I think that they're ahead of the new tandem that's over in uh, New England uh, with Gilmore and Butler. But there's a tandem that I kind of like, and we'll see how he returns from the ACL injury. It's out in San Diego uh, with Hayward and uh, All right. So. I would put them in the same category, the number two, number three slot, but uh, they they can definitely do it, and it allows for Eli Apple to come along and become a better corner because he had the physical skill set, but having these two guys, that dog and, and uh, Jackrabbit, and then a do- guy who's just a smooth corner, DRC, uh, th- th- this is a great defensive
2: backcourt. And, you know, I always look at can you score and can you take the ball away, and when you look at Janoris Jenkins and – Dominic Rogers Cromartie. That's two outstanding corners with ball skills. And now you can put Eli Apple in the slot or put him out on the boundary and, and move around Dominic Rogers Cromartie like they did last year. First of all, he got black college athleticism. So you may see him, <laughs> you may see him at corner, you may see him at D tackle, you may see him as the personal protector on the punt team, but he can do it all. So but I, what I liked about his game is that he's still active in special teams. He can play safety, and they also utilize him to blitz off the edge. So he's a terrific blitzer, and you saw the difference in their inability to cover Green Bay when he got hurt early in the game. That threw off their entire secondary because it forced people to move around. And now when you add a Darian Thompson um, along with these guys and Rodgers Cromartie, he's he's at the point in his career where he's probably not going to be on the outside as often, so they'll utilize him over tight ends. They'll utilize him as a blitzer. They'll slowly start giving Eli Apple more one-on-one opportunities to be out there on the perimeter as opposed to being in the slot. So, yes, they're in the conversation as far as top three is concerned because of how versatile they are and and what they can do once the ball is in the air.
5: I think they're top three. I mean, if you're waiting for a response from me, I, I think they are. That's why I asked the question. But, you know, I, I really like Janoris Jenkins. It's just his ball skills, as you mentioned. And, DRC is is quite an athlete, so they're able to match up with pretty much anybody. So I definitely think they're top three.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I must have got I must have got un, got disconnected for a second. Um, the the Giants' defensive backfield to me, I, I just I just look at them and I go, they're good, they're good. Um, I want to see them take the next level, the next step. I don't know about Eli Apple. I I'm not sold on him. I want to see more. He has a little bit of that. I don't want to call it femininity, yeah, softness, whatever you want to. He 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 just he has something that seems to be lacking. Um, when I look at a defensive player, like I don't feel like he wants to get in somebody's shirt and and really just lock him up. Um, like like some of the other defensive backs do for the Giants. So it'll be interesting to see if he matures. Um and comes along because if he does and that gives them three legitimate, um, you know, coverage guys, I, I think that really opens up what they can do defensively. And I think they will be great um, defensively because they're going to get that pass rush up front that, that every team needs in order to be successful. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to
2: see how they do at full strength. Cause we never seen that before again, with Thompson back there now and Collins coming into his own. Uh, we'll see what, progressions alan i'm sorry eli apple makes this year so we'll see how good the secondary can be and can they reach their full potential so got to get picks from you guys starting with you brandon what do you think the giants finish in the nfc east
3: i think they finish first place man uh, i really think that they take it uh, i know last year was dallas year but uh, i think that they kind of have their number and uh they're going to make it happen
4: and i agree that's why i posed the question listen they're just the most complete team in that entire division they're a an extreme threat to not only make the playoffs as the division winner, but to make the Super Bowl in the NFC. They're a team to watch out for this year.
0: I definitely think that they're a Super Bowl contender this year. I, I, I like what they're doing. I like what they bring to the table. Um, and and I think they're definitely going to finish first in the division and, and have a chance to, to be standing at the end of the year.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I already said it. I think that with Eli Manning, and the weapons that he has, you're gonna see that guy that can can lead his team deep into the playoffs. So in order to do that, you know, they're gonna to have to uh, I think win the division because I think the wild card is gonna come some from another division. But uh yeah, I I have them finish in first place and, and that's without a doubt.
2: And you guys already have my prediction above this podcast in the video, so check that out, and that's it for this episode of the football cypher. Make sure you to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating for Gene, Chris, Brandon, and Teron. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this has been the football cypher on the Football Game Plan podcast network.